I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands that we are learning on today. I would like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I would like to acknowledge the cultures and ongoing contributions that Aboriginal peoples make to this country. And I would like to acknowledge the children as this is where the culture lives and grows. Hi, my name is Brittany and I'm a writer with the PSP Learning Hub. And today I'll be talking with Linda Singh about family group conferencing. Linda is a family group conference facilitator with a background in teaching and child protection and has been with Corajo for the last five years. Hi, Linda. Welcome. And thank you for talking with me today. Could you tell me a bit about what family group conferencing is? Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Um, so, look, family group conferencing is basically about bringing families together uh, in a positive way with the impartial facilitator um, to help support them and their family planning for the children. Um, so FGC's running um, the processes in three stages. Um, so we've got the number one is the information sharing. Um, number two is family time where it's just with the family. It's, so it's private time um, where the caseworker and manager and any other uh, support services leave the room. And then it's just the family on their own, depending on the complexity of uh, the referral and um, the family needs, they may ask um, for the facilitator to stay in family time, but it's not normally how it's run. So, um, but there is a possibility that the family can request for the facilitators to stay in for family time, and I'm always more than happy to stay in. Um, when I feel that the family are doing well, then I'll, I'll leave the room and just explain to the family why I'm leaving the room because I'm not family. And the third stage is everyone coming together, listening to the family, um, read the plan. So I always like to um, offer the family to read out their plan that they've developed. And then once everyone has heard um, from the family, they'll, you know, they'll choose someone. Um, DCJ will listen and agree to the plan or offer um, some suggestions um, or, you know, might even, you know, take us back and ask a few questions. But basically it's um, information sharing, family time, which is private, and agreeing to the plan where everyone listens to the plan, agrees to it, and consents to the final plan. Wonderful. Can you tell me a bit about your experience facilitating family group conferences? Yeah, so I've, um, goodness, I've done quite a few um, with my background with um, child protection and social work. Um, I had did some family group conferencing back home in New Zealand and then coming to Australia and doing them for Corrigo. Um Just to name a few places here, um, from Dubbo to Began, Bega to Wagga Wagga, Bathurst, Burke, Kofthabwa, quite a few different places. Um, especially during the time before COVID had hit. So, you know, being able to fly um, within New South Wales, also internationally to New Zealand. Um, I've also, uh, I think to date, I've done 199 FGCs. Um, so far, and being able to do 
uh, family group conferences online uh, during COVID was was really um, good for families to be able to, you know, carry out their uh, conferences, but also face to face. I've held a few FGCs for families that have um, wanted to do them in their homes. So, you know, they get the choice to have it in their home um, if it suited them and the family members, but also in conference rooms um, and, yeah, different meeting places that the family have agreed to have them. So at what point in the child's care journey can you use a family conference? So family group conferencing can be used um, for restoration of the children or the child during preservation um, to be able to sustain and maintain the children within the family um, environment or depending on whether the family choose to, um, you know, have the child be placed or be supported by um, also, when the ch- child's in out-of-home care, um, making sure that the children are staying connected with family, culture, um, the community, um, which also connects the children to the education, medical, health and well-being and holistic of um, elements of the child. Can you share some examples of when family group conferencing has worked well for children and their families? Look, the best um, example I can give is when um, there was one FTC that I had overseas and in well, I've had many, um, where, you know, the children are involved. Um, so they're present in the conference room to have their say and share what they um would like to put in their plan um, and families coming together and, and working together, even though there's been a bit of conflict within the family, um, having the FGC actually brings them together in a positive way. And the children get to witness that, that, you know, once upon a time, if there, you know, if there ever was um, a disagreement within the family that they come together, the children get to witness it. And it's, so great to see them work together to come up with a plan um, that supports the children. So one um, FTC that really stood out to me was um, a family who were um, based in Sydney, um, who were at the, so the family group conference helped the family because um, they had no support in Australia. Um, um, They were homeless so working with um, DCJ, that we were, they were able to organise um, a referral to come through to Karajo, um for an FTC where we were able to support the family here. Well, the DCJ were able to support the family. Um, I was able to organise with the help of um, admin to um, sort out flights and transport and all the logistics to get everyone to New Zealand where they were able to have their family supports in New Zealand, bring everyone together. I think in total we had 25 to 30 family members. Um, And just to hear their input for their plan and talk about safety and the supports they could get back home, um, the family did an amazing job. 
And I mean, it, it brought out, you know, the financial support they could get back from home, housing, um, family and community, and the children were out of um, the safety risk that was sort of highlighted here. Another um, successful family group conference, I just wanted to highlight where um, during family time, the family and the children, I think uh, there were 12 children and all together, their cousins, there were about 35 children all together in one room. There was about 45 family members in that FTC. Um, so the children just did a impromptu um, performance. So they asked to call back the workers um, and myself, and they did like this amazing 30-minute performance to their family as well as their supporters and to the workers. Um, like just to see that, you know, it's to come together for a family group conference and to talk about all the worries and the concerns. Obviously, some of the children weren't there for the, you know, um, the real harsh, well, the child protection's concerns. And then they were brought back to um, put their input in and, and share what, what their needs were for the children. But after that, for the children to actually say, we want to give back in our culture and perform for everyone was um, really special for the family as well as the workers and for myself, I must say. Wonderful. Uh, so how do you adapt your approach when working with Aboriginal families or um, culturally and linguistically diverse families? Sure. So I would make sure that, um, you know, firstly, if they've got a cultural support person connected with the family, um, as a non-Aboriginal, I would always see if um, they had a cultural, an Aboriginal culture support person um, to touch base and just get, you know, a bit of knowledge from them. But also calling the family, I would, I would text the family first um, and just introduce myself and then give them a call. But um, preparation is the main key. Um, and I like to do a lot of face-to-face -face with families just so they get to see who they're speaking to. And um, it just feels much more comfortable. Well, for me as a facilitator, but I know um, with the majority of Aboriginal families that I work with, being in their home, in their environment, you can tell that they feel at ease. And, yeah, that's one of the ways that I, um, you know, approach my Aboriginal families. And just um, when I'm going out to do preparation with them, I don't um, take notes. I don't take notes. I think it's important to just be in the moment with them, listen to them, embrace them. I think taking books and notebooks and laptops it's, it's it, it can be a turn off um so just being just being there listening to them and keeping it real and just being aware that you know you're going into their home into their territory this is their home you just yeah you just take it as it is people come in and family and you you greet them um yeah so what do you think a PSP caseworker can do to support the family group conferencing process I think um, 
a lot of prep with the family prior to letting them know that they, you know, there's a family group conference referral gonna that's going to be put in. Um, touching base with the family and sort of giving them a bit of information about it, um, but also supporting them, asking them what their needs are and what their worries are. Um, and if, you know, they have opportunity to talk with the children beforehand as well. Obviously, informing them a little bit about, you know, if there is going to be a referral being put through. Um, and then once that comes to the facilitator, having that open communication with the facilitator to make things um, run smoothly, just ongoing um, communication. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Linda. Thank you for having me.